so there are pain points there that we're addressing and we're growing. Uh, so we already have clients in uh, uh, autonomous agriculture space. We have a robotics client with uh, uh, autonomous delivery, right? We have autonomous shuttle company. That's our client. Hey everyone, welcome back to Going Deep with Aaron Watson. My guest today, Cameron Hajive, is the co-founder and chief commercial officer at Coop. Coop is focused on providing better insurance products to the robotics and autonomy industry. As you can imagine, the insurance policies for self-driving vehicles, warehouse robots, and agricultural robots are very different than when humans are behind the wheel. Cameron and his team have put a lot of thought into how to better design these policies. They're developing algorithms to help determine the safety of different products and using that capability to not only build their business, but to help their clients close more deals. I think this is a really fascinating company that just raised a $2.5 million seed round of funding. And I think that you're going to take a lot away from the conversation. Here is Cameron Hajive. You're listening to Going Deep with Aaron Watson. Cameron, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. I am excited to uh, learn all sorts of things about insurance, autonomy, how those two things intersect. Uh, but to start things off, let's just start with a summary of what Coop.ai is, which is a company that you and two other co-founders brought together, and the role that you play within the team. Uh, well, we have uh, four co-founders. Four, overall. sorry. Um, My is bad. Right. Uh, no problem. And I know the picture, uh, in the picture, it was three of us uh, when we did a founding announcement, but we have a fourth co-founder. Um, he's now in Canada. He'll be joining us soon here in Pittsburgh, too. But uh, going back to what Coop does, uh, Coop is building the uh, next-gen insurance company for robotics and uh, autonomous mobility industry. What that means is we are uh, building a completely new, when it comes to autonomy, we're building a completely new data-driven uh, underwriting models. Uh, we're building uh, new insurance products that are fit for autonomy at scale. Uh, so that's a quick kind of pitch of what we do. Uh, and I'm uh, excited to be here and happy to answer any questions. So can you just give more clarity into what those products have to look like in a modern age? I think maybe, you know, the 101 is if it's an AI that's been developed by someone other than the person with their hands on the wheel, there's probably different liabilities in case. Right. Like, but what other, what other features make insurance in the age of autonomy such an interesting problem? Right. Well, I'll give you a little background to better answer your question. Uh, so there is a shift happening from uh, human to uh, AI and machine learning risks in the real world operating environments. What that means is we had a person operating a yard truck, but now they're autonomous, right? Uh, we had a human centric approach and risk models around a truck driver. But now trucking industry is uh, getting automated as well. Uh, so we're seeing this shift, and w this shift is primarily happening in the risk landscape as well. And it is very important to address AI and machine learning risks now rather than purely human-centric risks. And that's what Coop does. We focus on those new 
emerging risks, and uh, uh, we're building data-driven products to better understand those uh, and better understand the risk environment overall of a specific autonomous asset uh, and uh, build new insurance products with our insurance carrier partners on top of that. Gotcha. And what type of insurance carriers would you partner with to provide these products? Uh, well, to date, we already work with some of the larger carriers to clarify. So those insurance products don't exist yet. It's such a new space. So we have to uh, kind of learn how to walk before we run. Uh, so we're making our initial steps there uh, with our product uh, suite. Uh, and uh, when it comes to insurance partners, uh, we work with some of the larger players. Uh, that uh, who have a deep innovation budget, who are very open-minded to uh, really understand uh, those new technology risks and who want to partner up with tech companies to address those. And so would, it, would a, a way to understand it basically be these insurance partners, these providers, they're the ones with the monster balance sheets right. and the capacity to effectively, within the context of all of their products that are offered out there, you know, have some allocation of their budget towards more innovative, cutting edge, or less right. tightly defined exactly. insurance products. You're uh, something of a wrapper or a layer on top of that, where the actual modeling out and risk profiles, and then relationship to the buyer of that type of product comes through you to the you know basically capital guarantee provided by that partner is that roughly correct? eventually that's that's the plan and I'll tell you that insurance industry as a whole did a great job addressing uh, human related risks uh, they've collected uh, decades of data and in commercial transportation they've uh, uh, used new technologies such as telematics that collects how human drivers uh, uh, behave, right? Is so, that like when you have the sensor in the car while right, you're driving? Right, right. Or on your phone, right? Even in personal lines of business, you have an app that can uh, pretty much track your speeding, uh, heart braking, acceleration, and all of that stuff. So they've done a great job working on those things. However, uh, autonomy is is completely different. Uh, it, it's becoming a more of a technology challenge. So now you have to actually uh, build the infrastructure to access completely new data types in larger quantities and uh, really have that capacity to, to work with these. Uh, and it's becoming a technology challenge and insurance carriers are, as you just mentioned, they have huge balance sheets. They're in an insurance business, not in a technology business. So they're partnering with us to address those. So pretty much we, uh, over time, as we uh, collect autonomy data through our API that we've built and build up our framework around underwriting, uh, we'll be able to uh, become an MGA, what's called Managing General Agent, with the help of our insurance partners. And on behalf of those, we'll be able to uh, underwrite these new uh, autonomous uh, vehicles in different across different use cases. And uh, eventually, this will be uh, great for the industry as well because insurance will no more be a hurdle like it is now in, in some cases. Um, are there obvi like, Is there a simple example that you can offer for folks about a piece of data that might be tracked that would be different than the human driver? So you said like something like a hard stop or something like acceleration. That, I would imagine, like you, you could almost say that that's the same whether or not there's someone actually driving the vehicle or not because it's just a matter of the vehicle's motion. What other kind of like inputs are you, are you guys looking at that other right. insurance? So we do be? have a pretty large... Uh, 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 library uh, of data that we look at. 
uh, and the question comes to whether a specific uh, data point uh, has that significance in insurance or not. Uh, however, the first step is to actually accessing the data to be able to do those next things, such as actually working with data points, right? So we we look at, as initial step, we're looking at uh, uh, operating environment of a specific autonomous asset, right? Uh, in addition to operating environment, we'll look at uh, uh, both software and hardware performance, right? Uh, data that uh, represents those things as well. Uh, so if I were to say that just a different way, just to make sure I understand it, operating environment is like, hey, we're running this vehicle in flat, sunny Arizona, and this person's running theirs in rainy, miserable yeah. Pittsburgh. Is that, uh, exa is that an example of what you mean? Right, but I like rainy Pittsburgh too. Uh, me too, but, I'm, I'm, you know. <laughs> right. Uh, so yeah, great example. Uh, so that's one, and then uh, respectively, which data points uh, um, reflect the risk best, right? So we have to actually access the data to be able to judge it further and, and, and work out the new risk models around it. And, and so when you said hardware, software, is that something like whether or not the vehicle is using LIDAR to detect stuff? or is uh, it, is, No, is it's uh, autonomy dropouts, um, uh, disengagements, oh, okay. um, miles per harmful events, some of the basic well-known data points right now, but initially uh, it's going to... Uh, it's going to improve and, and, and we'll, we'll access way more data and be able to actually uh, understand the risk profiles better as well. Right on. So tell me about the team, how you guys came together, and specifically how you found the opportunity. Because there's always there's two versions of the story. There's the, man, there's this problem and let me assemble the right you know combination of people to go after the problem. And then there's the, hey, this team here has some chemistry. Let's go find a problem and kick some butt. Uh, right. So... In in our case, it's second. Okay. Uh, I went to Pitt. Um, hail to Pitt. Hail to Pitt. Yep. Uh, so when I was at Pitt, I met uh, Jim Duan, who is one of the co-founders, and Sergey uh, Litvinenko, who is uh, uh, our co-founder and CEO as well. And um, eventually, after that, we met our CTO, who was working at uh, uh, Uber ATG, and he has an autonomy background. So after school, I was actually working in a telematics industry. So I was selling telematics into the trucking space and insurance space. So I kind of immersed myself into that industry. Uh, and Sergey was working on Wall Street. So he was doing investment banking uh, and he's done a lot of quantitative uh, modeling and he worked with some larger on large insurance transactions. Uh, and uh, eventually, as you can see, we have kind of uh, relevant skill sets. Yeah, complementary skill sets. We have those backgrounds that are relevant to this industry as well. And we uh, decided to, to, to test this specific uh, problem, uh, insurance for autonomy, uh, because we've also went out to the market early and we started hearing pain points from both sides. So insurance carriers had challenge uh, accessing the data uh, the next level data uh, versus traditional. And we also had uh, different uh, feedback on the autonomy as well as robotic side uh, where uh, the procuring insurance was uh, quite a challenge. So we realized that, that there is a gap and we uh, decided, we kind of discovered a completely new market for new insurance products that can be created uh, on top of the, uh, the this new asset class and new data that's going to come out of it.
So the benefit of that model of, of the team first, then the kind of problem solution is, yes, w you know, it's interesting we come together in this way and we've discovered this problem, but it's kind of counter to um, a, a different model where it's like, man, we've been insurance for tw in the insurance industry for 20 years. Right. And it's like, we just know the landscape here, like the back of our hands. And you kind of have to get up to speed relatively quickly in order to be able to bring something like this to market. So can you talk at all about like some of the learnings that were um, essential in the early days at Coop? Uh, well, we, we initially started as a, just a purely technology vendor. Uh, and we realized that uh, the sales cycles are longer with insurance carriers, uh, and uh, it's they range anywhere from six to um, twelve months, maybe maybe more. Uh, and there were certain challenges and nuances there as well. And uh, one day we thought, well, <clears throat> we we would actually like to work with these companies in autonomy space and robotic space uh, face to face with the clients. We would like to be a client facing, uh, and uh, at the same time it would help us generate revenue. So we went a brokerage route uh, to be able to establish this end-to-end -end transaction where we go to uh, autonomy or robotics companies and say, hey, uh, we're licensed, we can take care of your insurance problems, we'll communicate uh, the, the data uh, a lot better and communicate it to our insurance partners out there and get you covered. Uh, and eventually we'll, uh, this, we're gonna build up uh, uh, more products, and uh, it's going to translate into you into clients getting better coverage uh, over time. Uh, so that that route made a lot of sense, uh, and we decided to pursue it versus traditional tech vendor into the insurance industry. And is the the implementations of this type of stuff in the present at least? I, we can see a future autonomy gets rolled out with more scale. There's you know hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands of humans taking rides in autonomous vehicles every day. There's, there's going to be kind of an escalating need and escalating policy size. A lot of it in the present is that really predicated on, hey, we've got our test cars out there and we need those test cars to be properly insured for the general you know, longevity of the business that we're running from the autonomous technology developer side of the equation. Is that generally accurate? Yeah, uh, it is accurate, and uh, the approach is that there's a heavier shift towards product liability and okay. technology areas and emissions uh, uh, area of risk. So the insurance carrier is putting heavier weight on that, and obviously the premiums are extremely high uh, for these new risks uh, because of the lack of historical data. So there is a premium for that, uh, ec excessive premium for that. And also there is an auto component, uh, which kind of looks and feels like a traditional one but it's again uh, on a pricier end uh, with uh, uh, certain additional buffers per se on top of it gotcha so uh one of the ways that you came across my radar is in earlier this year you guys raised a 2.5 million dollar are you calling it a seed or a series a seed round seed round and you, you shared in the kind of pre-interview that it only took you guys about a month to bring that whole thing together. Now that you've told me one of the team members has a, a background in kind of Wall Street high finance, that, that makes a little bit of sense. But can you talk a little bit about um, right. what the what the pitch was like and what that process was like of raising that Well, it, it took longer than a month. But we, we spent some uh, entire month uh, actually going out and fundraising. Got it. Uh, it took a little bit longer to, to close it. Uh, however, we realized that, uh, well, we, first of all, we had extremely 
strong belief into what we're doing uh, and uh, into the market. There is no. How long has that been the case, though? Because usually, like you get you get a sample of something, you get a taste, like oh maybe, right. like this belief. When was? Can you point to a moment or like right, a specific right. event that led to that being so? Uh, deep? You know, it's tough to say to be honest, uh, because we've been around uh, for a year now, but co-founders known each other for a longer time before, and okay. we did some projects together. So we iterated different, um, uh, you know, ideas. And we went to the market, got feedback early. Uh, so it's all about going out to the market early and getting enough feedback. So, but uh, what you're to, also kind of yeah. saying there is you tried these other things and there really wasn't like a bite and a take. And so in comparison, we ran experiment ABC. They were all muted. And then when Coop comes around, people get activated. And you're like, oh, this is this is different. Right. Well, the angle we approach it from is the sheer market opportunity with the growth of autonomy and that uh, insurance is an important component of it. And the ability to get get into this industry early, ability to uh, access the data early and uh, build the intellectual you know, property on top of it, uh, and already working with insurance carriers was really attractive. Uh, and we believe that it's, it's a gigantic uh, market opportunity uh, and uh, we'll be able to capture it. Uh, and that kind of, that mindset uh, helped us to communicate it with investors, right? Uh, and we went out to the market and we talked to uh, many <laughs> investors. So we've received a lot of no's as well. Uh, but eventually uh, uh, we found uh, a lead who really understood uh, what we're doing and, and, and this opportunity. So we're, then things just followed and we closed the round. So when you get the nose like that is, I'm sure there's a little bit of, you know, they just don't get it, but are there ever takeaways from the nose of like, Ooh, that was actually like a good point. Let's kind of, you know, tighten up or focus right. more on that or kind of cover that. Right. That so, uh, honestly, a lot of preparation went into, into, uh, the presentation and, uh, my team is, they, they're, they're just done so much work, uh, on it. Uh, and on a product, uh, on a presentation, like all together. And in terms of uh, feedback, we've received a lot of useful feedback from investors who actually passed, right? So we received the feedback on the deck itself, on the clarity, because it can get a little bit complicated. Yeah. You know, there are two sides of the market, you're also doing robotics. So it can get a little bit uh, complicated to communicate it quick, so within three minutes or five minutes, right? Or only five slides. Yeah. Uh, so we've gotten a lot of feedback. We improved on to, on it, uh, and uh, <clears throat> we're able to really clean up uh, the presentation and, and go out and pitch. So selling it to investors is one thing. Another part of it is actually getting the clients on board, in addition to the partner. So you're actually you know juggling right. three things very similar to what we talked about with uh, with Chetan from Locomation. Is you got to get the engineers on the team. You got to get the investors on board. You got to get the um, clients on board. And you got to get regulators on board for something like what he's doing. Um, can you talk about getting the clients on board? You said you said you went out and kind of asked the questions or identified this opportunity. And I'm sure whoever was you know screeching right. the loudest about their insurance costs might have been a, a pretty hot lead. But can you just talk about bringing right. actual clients? Let me on? actually take a step back. Yeah. and Say so we have primarily two platforms. We have specialty platform where we actually uh, build an API and uh, uh, a platform where we can access autonomy data. Uh, do analysis on it and work with existing in 
insurance company that's already in place there with a policy or an existing large broker. Uh, so that's that's the first one. And second is a retail platform where we act as a broker uh, and we still communicate more uh, data to insurance carriers and able to leverage that and negotiate better rates for our clients. And that retail platform is focused on robotics uh, in general. So okay. the, the, the robotics companies who, uh, I even drones, fall under that category as, vo as well. Okay. Uh, autonomous drones, uh, robotics arm companies, uh, warehouse automation, yeah. uh, log logistics supply chain, and all of those as well. So, so this is an right. enormous market opportunity. Right, it's it's huge. So when it just clicked for me that I I must have been right. a little dense because that yeah. that was like the unlock for me of holy moly. There's right. there's so many arenas back. that this can I, occupy. I realized I didn't mention that piece, uh, but uh, so specifically there. Uh, a challenge is uh, evident with companies having uh, very traditional local brokers who also insure robotics and then restaurant at the same time. Uh, the, they do the great job, but this is a new technology. It needs a better and, and a deeper communication with an insurance carrier. And we also offer a client portal to, to them so they can access and their portal that serves as a risk management hub for them so they can see all their insurance policies, uh, the convenience of using it, and being able to get certificates of insurance when necessary for third parties quick. So those things are, are really attractive to them versus having those back and forth PDFs and, and this crazy process of procuring insurance and sometimes getting even misclassified because they just didn't understood or didn't understand what the company does. Gotcha. Uh, so, so, so there are pain points there that we're addressing and we're growing. Uh, so we already have clients in the uh, uh, autonomous agriculture space. We have a robotics client with uh, uh, autonomous delivery, right? Uh, we, uh, we have autonomous shuttle company. That's our client, uh, and yeah. So, so uh, this is probably maybe this is just a an ignorant question in general, and it's not really useful. But um, there are so many different potential applications for autonomy and to robotics, and we can think of you know I, I've been through most of this interview using the very legible one of driving humans around where they need to go on streets populated with other humans that clearly has a very kind of high risk curve because of the value that we put on right. human lives rightfully so but you know some of these other instances of moving through a warehouse if it was a warehouse that had been largely depopulated of humans there's still the value of everything that's sitting on the shelves right. and what have you are there other arenas that you having learned the space have found shockingly expensive because of just you know risks or costs that you didn't necessarily right. appreciate coming in you know with a thesis but not necessarily this intimate understanding of the entirety of the insurance industry right uh one example one simple example is um the u utilization of a specific asset so there's been cases in uh, uh agriculture where uh the the equipment, autonomous equipment, is uh, utilized only six months of the year because the rest is not a harvest season. Right. Uh, so the utilization has to play in the role as well. So you have six months where the uh, equipment is just sitting in the warehouse versus actively operating among people, among, um, uh, I don't know, the wine yard or something like that, right? Uh, so that that's a good example of... Uh, what should be properly communicated to carriers as well to be able to leverage 
and negotiate the rates for them. Gotcha. Interesting. So what are some of the other areas? So, so you, you referenced agricultural, you referenced shuttles, um, you referenced, I don't know if you, you, I don't know if you said warehouse as a client or just as a potential application of this. Potential application. Um, are, what are, are, are there any other ones that we haven't covered yet that just, you know, you see there needing to be this kind of insurance arrangement for robotics to be able to. Well, the shuttle case is interesting too. Uh, they don't move, they don't move fast and they all, all at all times they have someone in the vehicle. Uh, and they operate in a very closed off-road and off-highway or off-big-road environment, right? Mm-hmm. Usually in college campuses, um, retirement homes, and, and, and et cetera. Uh, so those things, those data points also have to count towards the insurance. So it shouldn't be like, hey, this is an autonomous shuttle, and the insurance company um, uh, follows up with questions where about it operates, and then they somehow come up with a, a super high high insurance rate as if it was like driving on the highway or something uh yeah uh so being able to communicate specific data points about the utilization of that specific shuttle uh, maybe it drives only two hours a day and the rest of the time it just stands there uh and <clears throat> maybe the passenger count inside of the vehicle is, is a lot fewer versus some other areas so the price is really dynamic there. yeah and it's very important to collect that data to understand it and actually communicate it to the insurance carrier so so what about this part of the equation if i'm thinking about the, you know the the autonomy and robotics companies that would be working with you guys i would imagine that they're also looking at potential contracts that are incumbent upon an insurance contract being put in. So even up the chain, if I'm building robots for the warehouse or I'm building robots for an agricultural provider, it may be a presupposition like, okay, we'll buy 10-year robots or whatever is a simple example, or we'll lease them for the next year. But we need this, this, and this insured. So something like coming through you with this relatively easy-to-use portal is really a key part of their own business development process. It's not just risk management for exactly. a company. You, it's you hit it on point. your right. ability to actually sell into these organizations and get one approval up the chain in a right. timely manner with a price point that actually makes sense. Exactly. Uh, you're, you're right on point. Uh, and that really adds towards our sales case and it helps us really build these great relationships with our clients yeah. and move things faster versus traditional uh, uh, smaller uh, bro- local brokers, right? I'm, I mean, that's right. the essence of it, right? So, so you know, Hannah and I, we run a marketing company. One of the cool things, if you're good at marketing, is you're bringing in business for other people. So they like you and they, they, they you know, can't even think of churning off of your offering because you're in a part of them bringing in their right. own business. And in the same sense, you get to occupy the space where, you know, because we use Coop, and I'm, I'm putting words in your client's mouth here, because we use Coop, we close deals faster. Because we use Coop, we have better margins on our sales right. because we use Coop. Right. Interesting you mentioned that because actually our autonomous uh, shuttle client, they provide their product to third parties. And then third party has challenges going and procuring insurance. So it can take about two to three weeks for their clients to go get something. So us being already there helps even their clients to get a proper insurance in place as well. And they all can use our client portal 
which make things a lot simpler uh, and easier to, to even make a submission, right, uh, versus traditional process. And that's really valuable, and that's what our clients love. Interesting. Well, my conviction over the last uh, 25 minutes or so has just absolutely skyrocketed. I get, I yeah. get why you're excited and so convicted about what's going on with Coop. Right. Um, and, and sorry if I wasn't clear at the beginning. No, 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 <laughs> it, it, right. it, it's not you. It's, I'm a little slow, but I, I, finally, I finally caught up to speed here. Um, Cameron, this has been fantastic. I, I'm really excited about what you guys are doing. Anything else that you were hoping to share today that I didn't give you a chance to before we ask the standard last questions? Um. I'm really excited to be on this show, uh, and uh, um, that's about it. I don't know what else to share. (laughs) Right on. Um, Well, if folks want to uh, connect with you, learn more about Coop, follow along with what you you guys are doing, what digital coordinates can we provide for people that want to learn more? Uh, Follow us on LinkedIn, uh, and you can message uh, any of our team members. Uh, We're very responsive. And you can uh, also go on our website, uh, and um, we have a contact page there. And contact there, uh, we're very responsive. So right on. We're gonna link that in the show notes. Folks can find it at going deep. Social media too. Twitter. S- yep, social right. media. We're gonna all have Twitter, LinkedIn, all that good stuff linked. Um, you can find it at goingdeepwithaaron.com/podcast for every single episode of the show, or in the podcast app where you're probably listening to this right now. Uh, Cameron, before I let you go, I would like to give you the mic one final time to issue an actionable personal challenge to the audience. Well, I'd say specifically in this in, in the startup world to uh, uh, keep an extremely open mind. Uh, it's actually sounds easier uh, than in practice. Oh, for sure. Uh, whenever you have certain uh, project you're working on or even if you're out there uh, fundraising, uh, it's interesting to to, to kind of stop for a second and think that wow this is actually harder than than it sounds so uh, i'd really uh, encourage everyone to talk to many people within their industry or even larger ecosystem uh, talk to some investors who are maybe even not in your space but you happen to have certain warmer uh, relationship with. Uh, just keep your mind open and uh, uh, be on the lookout for, for different opportunities. I totally agree. I, I, I find that um, humility is really like the key to that open-mindedness because as soon as you start telling yourself, oh, I'm so open-minded, that's actually, you know, the confidence puts up some of the blind spots in your, your purview. But if you have the humility to say like, there's something I'm not seeing here in some way, shape, or form. Like I found myself sitting here 20 minutes into the conversation uh, breaking down what you guys are up to. Right on. Uh, Cameron, this has been fantastic. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you very much. We just went deep with Cameron Hajaev. Hope you're out there. Has a fantastic day. Hey, thank you so much for listening to that conversation with Cameron. If you are interested in learning more about autonomy, then I would direct you to two of our past interviews. The first with Chetan Marichli of Locomation, who is building self-driving trucks, and episode 357 with Jim Gibbs, where we talk about an app to pay for parking that will have the infrastructure for a future with autonomous vehicles. Really cool stuff fascinating entrepreneurs all around. Keep it tuned to Going Deep with Aaron Watson. Thanks for listening. Connect with Aaron on Twitter and Instagram at AaronWatson59.